there was more money in the cigarettes than there was in the drugs. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm out of this game after about, I don't know, say 12 months. It was not vans anymore, it was container loads. And I think at one time we had something like seven million pounds worth of contraband plotted up in farms. You could have anything you want. You could, you know, I've had the Ferraris, I've had the Jags, I've had the Mercedes, I've had the mansions, you know what I mean? Albeit they had to be in other people's names. Every time I go to the gym, five minutes later, he's walking in behind me. Something's not right here, you know? Because he started asking me about fucking drug business and and jobs on the door and all that lot. And he, he just trying to get into me. And I thought to myself, you know what, mate? I don't feel comfortable with this guy, you know what I mean? So I knew there was something wrong, but I thought he could have been a drug squad officer or or an undercover copper or or Interpol or whatever. I didn't, for the laugh of me, think he'd be a reporter. They broke into the house and the, the bugged all my wall sockets, the kitchen sockets and the living room sockets. And for 18 months, they was listening to everything I fucking said. And you say a lot over 18 months, I'm telling you, you know what I mean? But they knew I was in Africa. I didn't fucking lie to them. I did my actual court case on Skype. Said to me, he says, oh, are you going to come back, Wayne? I went, yeah, I'll come back. He says, when? I says, when I'm fucking ready. There was an article in the paper, something like, Ardy's on the beach sipping pina coladas in South Africa. And he called me, I said to him, Britain's number nine most wanted. As soon as I reversed the car out, everything lit up like Blackpool illuminations. So they've all come running out. As soon as I seen them running over to me, I knew knew the game was up. Thought I was going to get back on the plane the next day or something, but no, no. They told me um, you're going to Polesmore maximum security. This screw told me to go in there. I've looked looked through these gates or looked through the bars, and it's like. 70 guys in there, prisoners, you know what I mean? And I don't think one of them had a fucking tooth in his fucking head. They all had fucking tattoos all over him. And all fucking like grinning at me saying, coming in, you know what I mean? I thought so, oh, fuck. people welcome back to KRN TV today delighted to have a very special guest one that I'm really excited about and a real treat for you guys today we are up in Nottingham with the infamous Wayne Hardy how are we doing my friend I'm fine mate thank you for having me up here well nice no, uh, much appreciate for the opportunity you obviously you haven't done much stuff like this in a long time have you I can't remember you ever did interviews since then since Donald McIntyre yeah so obviously mention that so for anyone who don't know obviously Wayne shot to notoriety in the, in the media world and in the general public in the mid-90s when Donald McIntyre, the now famous um, mm. investigative reporter, went undercover um, for a given period of time. He didn't manage to come up trumps with anything. So obviously, thankfully, Wayne outsmarted him. But that's when he sort of shot some sort of media notoriety. Didn't stop there. Went on to make millions in the life of crime. Um, had the mansions, had the cars, had the holiday homes, the businesses. Went through it all. Obviously, prison sentences as well. Being on the run. Time in South African prison, and that's just for starters. Um, so it's been an absolute insane journey you've been on, Wayne. It is, mate. It is, mate. Yes, but um, at the beginning of my career, I didn't look at it as a career as crime. I first started working on like normal people on a building site, and um, I got married with a daughter. And as time went on, I couldn't afford actually to pay the mortgage in the house. That's what that's what turned me to crime, actually. Um, what I did was, the people I was working for couldn't afford to give me any a rise for my wages, 
So I spoke to uh, one of my friends who was actually dealing in amphetamine at the time. And um, he wasn't getting paid. So I said to him, I said, if you give me the business, I'll buy the amphet off you, it isn't pure. And I says, and let me pay you direct. And I says, I'll, I'll carry on and I'll take on all the people that you, you're in the problems with. And um, that's how I actually started. And um, after, I don't know, like six months or whatever, it wasn't just amphetamine. People was asking me for uh, ash. Then it was ecstasy <coughs> uh, um, and all sorts of stuff. And once the ease got involved, then it was really, really um, the profit margin went right up. And that was, that was basically what I was in for. I was in for the money at the, at the time. Um, I didn't really understand about prison sentences and, um, you know, the length of time you could get for these um, crimes that I was committing. Um, but I ended up um, bringing in, because I, I've, I've always been a hard worker. My mother and father was um, hard working people. Um, and my childhood was a great childhood, really. Um, even though my mum and dad was always working, I still, I still um, had the work ethics of what they they drilled into me. If you didn't work, you you know you you, you got to find somewhere to live, and um, so I put that into plan in everything I did, and even doing illegal activities like drug dealing. I still use the work ethics of of uh, I work hard as as possible, and I made sure I paid. All the dealers off that I was working with from down south, uh, I was, I was actually, you know, bringing back small amounts at first. Then it obviously grew as people was asking me for more. I didn't look at it as 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 um, profit margin. Uh, it was just a, it was business for me, business for me, and I was um, as the business grew, obviously the profit margin grew with it. And uh, it was just exponentially, just 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 carried on and carried on. And uh, people was asking me for different things all over, and um, it, it just grew. The business grew um, all the time. Um, and you know, it, it, it was not meant to be that way. And I only realised how precious your your liberty was when I did get eventually arrested. Um, because before that, I didn't didn't even think about getting arrested. I was just carrying on doing the business and making money. Um, but when I eventually did go to prison, then I realised losing your liberty and losing you you know you you being away from your family and your children. It's it's uh, it's, it's not not all all it's cracked up to be. But yeah, eventually, eventually, I I, I did get out of the prison. Um, I had a little bit of money left and um, then I moved into cigarettes, smuggling cigarettes. That was uh, that was really when I started making proper money. I was in like 70 grand a week, not just me, my, that was my brother, my partner, and I was paying the guys 10,000 pound a week just for labouring. Um, but also the risk versus reward with cigarettes smuggling, 
it was, uh, I think the maximum at the time was about four or five years you could get for a container. And we started off with small vans, then it just, as again, me being the person I am, I like business, so I didn't um, didn't stop. I just kept checking everything, what my suppliers was giving me, and it just, just grew from there. And uh, I, 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 I just was doing, was doing a, probably a container a day. And it's you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work, but the benefits out of it was fantastic. You know, it it, it, it looked after everybody, all my family, all my friends, everybody benefited from from the work what we did, um, and it just it grew from there. Of course, obviously, with a bit of ambition and hard work in the criminal world, where there's a load of wasters and people who ain't got that there, uh, that you can end up becoming massive. Obviously during that time, which you did. But let's go back to the start, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. During your childhood and that, what were your aspirations? Did you ever want to get into like legal work or anything like this? What were you dreaming or anything like that when you were well, older? And obviously, I know you said you didn't do... Yeah, my childhood, as I said, I, I can't complain about my childhood. My mum and dad was hard working people. But I always suffered with my dyslexia and um, struggling to read and write. Um, so I didn't necessarily like going to school so I had to get my brother ready my mum and dad was at work they, they'd go out early in the morning they'd go to work I'd get my brother ready take him to school and then I'd, I'd probably come back home and um, didn't go to school myself and were you a tough kid yeah yeah I was I was just a little kid but I was I always had um, always had the balls to fucking fight anybody I wasn't bothered you know what I mean and I don't know Probably that's from from my mum and dad were both tough, tough parents. Um, my dad was a tough guy, and my mum was also. She would um, there was no old bother with my mum. She would slap me all slap me all over the place if I did anything wrong. But yeah, it was. Uh, and were you naughty in that? Getting into trouble, robbing, stealing, drugs, drink, and all that as a kid, or not really? I wasn't. Yeah, I was always breaking into the school tuck shop, and I was, I was. You know, doing stupid things, shoplifting, what kids do and whatever, um, nicking mopeds and I suppose then I, then I went on to, my mum used to park her car on the driveway at night, I used to take the, while well, I was asleep, I used to take the car out and me and my mates and go joyriding in the car. But um, You never I, had anything too heavy as a kid, you didn't end up getting any serious arrest and going, no, no, nothing like that. No, I've not... Um, as I said to you, I was not really a criminal from an early age, but once I knew about the money side of things, that's when it changed. Yes. That's when I, I wanted to earn money all the time. Yes, yeah, so like you said, you got brought into it through someone else had a drug business and they brought yeah. you into it as such and you sort of took over it from there. Yeah, I did, yeah, because they couldn't... Um, it's either, I don't know, they were too lazy or they weren't uh, disciplined enough um, to... Uh, go and collect the money, but me, it was all about that. So if anybody owed me any money, I'd make sure they paid for it. I wouldn't, um, if I give you £100, I'll give you £100. I don't mind, but if, I, if you do business with me and you owe me £100, you better pay me £100. So I, I, it's business at the end of the day. And like I said, it started off as Amfit, was it? And, yeah, and yeah. Then obviously it was a base. Remember the base? Yeah, of course. Getting, it was a, disgusting. A, a base, yeah, and I used to... Um, Bosch it up, make it into like three into one or whatever. 
And um, and did you take on his suppliers and that, or did you know him yes, anyway? Yeah. Obviously. What I used to do was, I knew what the, what it cost for a care base. I would pay him for the care base, and I, I'd, I'd carry on the work from there. And then afterwards, I, I'd just give him a, a drink anyway for, for, for giving me the work. But, um, yeah, it, it never stopped from there. It just just um, carried on and got bigger and bigger. So, like I said, grew quickly, and whenever you were up for thing, people asking for other stuff. You got into obviously the hash Correct. and the ecstasy and everything else in between. Yeah, it was it was the ease that really kicked off, mate. You know what I mean? They was um, so this was in the early nineties, was yeah, it? Yeah, eighty nine. Yeah, around that time when it was uh, the love doves. I was, uh, I mean, I was driving back from from down south. The parcels of five thousand under the bonnet of the car and just didn't. And how did you get the contacts down south? Through the same person who I got the Amphet from. When I when I was working the Amphet, the same people when they'd asked me for stuff up up north, yeah. what they wanted, I just go back down there and ask them what they could supply me with, and they they supply me with what I asked for. So it just grew. And, and they it, were good suppliers, like you said, yeah. they could provide you whatever you and, needed. And and I was always good with money. Yeah, I always paid them. I never knocked anybody. Never, you know, did anything wrong to them. So, so it worked well. Yeah, they, they were so always willing to give me as much as I wanted. Oh. At times, it was, you know, it was. I, one time, I had the car full of that much ash and ease and whatever. It was it just weighted down. The car was, and uh, yeah, but I didn't even think about the consequences about what could have happened to me because at that time. It was just about business, and I, I, I wasn't... Uh... It's like crashing a car as well. If you haven't crashed a car, you never think you're going to crash a car. Yeah. If you haven't been caught, you never yeah. think you're going to. It's only a fucking hindsight of time. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. By time the deadline. Yeah, it was uh, It was good times, actually, mate. Yeah, everybody was... Uh, so you're young, making loads of money, and yeah. fucking living life to the fullest. Yeah, but I was counting my pennies and all then. I used to count the pennies, you know. I was, I was greed... I don't know if it was greed or just business again, but... Later on, as I said, when, when I did finally get arrested, I realised it's not just about the money, it's about your liberty as well. You can't, you, can't, um, you can't get that time back once you've lost it, you know? And the, 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 the memories of what you could have with your family and that like, once you're in prison. But of course. At, um, and back then you were really into all the fitness stuff, weren't you? Yeah, when, did, yeah. when did that start for you? What age did you start really getting into the gym and all that? Well, I was working on the door for a friend of mine and... Um, he used to pay you pay you by the weight, so if you weigh twelve stone, you get twelve pound a night. So, yeah, so I ended up uh, <laughs> bodybuilding, yeah, and trying to put weight on, and then uh, I realised that um, I could, you know, I was good at it. So, so a lot of pro you're meeting lots of people on the door as well, and oh yeah, so yeah, it gives you lots yeah. of. Yeah. You're not really working for the wage, and it's, you're working. No, it's, well, it was, the money was in. It, it was the contacts as well. That's Even on I'm the saying, door, yeah. I had the contacts on the door. You know, people, yeah, drug business again, you know what I mean? Because I, I, while I was doing bodybuilding and working on the door, that's when I got into the drug business. And um, So the two worlds are sort of intertwined, aren't they? Like it this, was, yeah. In these, was. In these bodybuilding gyms and the people yeah. are taking steroids and all, a lot of people yeah. involved in crime because they're wanting to train 24-7 anyway. Yeah, and, and I was, I was um, you know, quite disciplined then for myself. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't... Um, do anything really so it until well later on in my life. It all worked well together, didn't it? Like I said, you were yeah. disciplined, you're a lump, you're in the towns, bounce from meeting all Correct. the people, you're on point with the business and yeah. that. It was obviously due to Spiral, wasn't it? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, and, and it was fun to me. It was fun. I was making money out all the time with my pals and um, it was just, 
a great time to have, and especially when the love doubles were in. Yeah. Everybody was happy, you know, it was just, uh, you know, that time it was dance music was out and nightclubbing and yeah, the well, golden raves. era of ecstasy and raves. Yeah, it, yeah. man, it was, it was it was brilliant, you know what I mean? Which, and so like you said, that you mentioned a minute ago, you had got into the bodybuilding competitions and yeah, that as well, yeah. didn't you? Um, yeah, I was Mr. Nottingham, Mr. Elkiston. So that must have been quite a big thing. You've been in Nottingham at the time and that. Yeah, um, yeah. Must it was something I wanted to do, you know. It was, it was um, another another goal I had in my life. I wanted to prove that I could do it. So uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I, I trained hard, and I, I worked hard, and I played hard, and it was it was something I, I enjoyed doing. It's not like uh, I didn't enjoy. I, I loved it. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a good time, and I won all the area shows. Uh, I was even in magazines, uh, Hardy by name, Hardy by nature. Um, but yeah, and so was, this, during this time, you must have like you're getting local notoriety. Obviously, you've got a, probably a name anyway with being on the doors and all this. Yeah. But then, obviously, the whole of not yeah, just, knowing about you and you all know, this sort of stuff there. And what sort of ages is this then? In your early twenties? Yeah, it? I was about twenty-eight at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I was winning the competitions about twenty-eight. But you know, it was even even sometimes you don't have to be the hardest man in the world. But if you can, if you look the part, you look the part, and so you, you can get away with it sometimes just by, you know, the way you spoke to people and the way you, you carried yourself. And um, I did that. I didn't always have to beat people up. You know? so like I said, if you carry yourself correctly, and obviously people could see yeah. that you could handle yourself, you're a lump and proper right, person yeah, and that. Yeah. And so like you said, you know on, on the rise and that when you started selling more and more drugs and actually taking a bit of the market away. You never had any major problems with any major villains coming to you, stepping on my toes or yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, stepping uh, on my toes, yeah. get it off us instead or whatever. Yeah, I had a couple of people or a few people actually saying to me, you know, I'm treading on their toes and all that lot, but I wasn't bothered, mate. You know what I mean? It was, it, this, as far as I'm concerned, it was my business. So you either work with me or you fuck off. I ain't, ain't going to give my business up because I, I, I was making money and nobody's going to take that away from me. You know what I mean? So... No. And so, what, what sort of money would you making like in your twenties? Like, say, a few grand a week, and obviously we're just going back. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Was, so that's a lot of money. But I was, I can remember I was making at least five grand a week just on the Exeter pills. Fucking hell! And that was, and don't forget, even Exeter pills. Then I was buying them in five thousand bundles, and the guys from down south, I was phoning them up and saying, "Look, there's hundred broken in there, hundred broken pills in there." So they did actually knock that off the bill. Yeah. So I even made a profit straight away before I even. Sold anything, so and I'm sure things are different right now. Like, obviously, I'm sure people from Nottingham are in the drug, they don't need to go down south like what you did back then. But back then, obviously, it's a bit rare. I remember even when mm. 20 years ago when I got into the drug game and that, like, there's few drug dealers were few and far between back at them times. So, I'm sure it's right, even yeah. less so yeah. in the 90s, yeah. There weren't that many of us about, it's at least... and you can make a lot more fucking money, yeah. And I, I, I do believe it's a lot easier than when I was doing it and what it is now. Every man and his dog's doing it now. But when I was doing it, it was only like a few firms doing it. Course. So, really so like you said, you're, you're quite shrewd with your money and you're making thousands and that. Did you get, end up getting involved in any businesses like silently or whatever? Like obviously yeah, I had, um, I had a, it's a Dutch barge I had on the, on the River Trent. It was called Riverside Diner. I um, got involved in that through another mate of mine. It wanted to refurbish it, so we refurbished it. And we made it into like a restaurant and a, 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 like a, a bar. Um, but same again. You know, I, we went to to court for a, a license, um, but I think it was the chief of police or somebody stood up and said they won't give us a license for selling alcohol because they knew it was I was involved in it and they had laundered money through it and yeah. you know so 
it, I was disappointed, and it put, I just thought to myself, you know what, if you can't go straight, then fuck it, I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. And I just carried on doing what I was doing. And um, So like I said, you obviously made a lot of money, though, quite early and quickly, and then obviously to start with when you're doing these suicide runs to London or down south yeah. to pick up the drugs, did you end up by getting this point using drivers and that? You didn't need to do the drives yourself. Were you hands off? Did no. You manage to at, get, or? at first I did it all myself. Of course, like anyone. At first I did it all myself. Then I realised that... Um, you know, I was making enough money, so I employed other people to do it, um, and it was it was going fine until eventually I, I ended up making a wreck myself and getting and getting nicked myself. You know. And um, so, how did that happen? When did it first come up? Was nineteen eighty nine was the first yeah, time you yeah, came I, on um, Top Fuel, and it's some yeah, it's my fault again. My fault. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. So I did twenty key, but. The person that's supposed to have drove it for me couldn't make it. Said that one of his kids was um, in hospital or something. Well, it wasn't. I don't know. You know what I mean? But uh, I was delivering it to a place in Mansfield, and as I came to um, a crossover, the traffic lights, I was key packed in. And as soon as the key packed me, I knew it was it was on top. But I, I thought, you know what? I'll still try and get away. So I reversed into him, smashed. Back of the car, and then they came up with a baseball bat, and I've just drove off, drove off. But me being me, I've ended up going down a dead end street, haven't I? And um, I jumped out of the car, got got over the fence, got away from them, and eventually um, got on a bus to go to another town uh, where I told my mates I was going. But uh, they they triangulated my phone because I'd left it switched on, and they eventually got me and. Uh, only a few years for that, but... And that's yeah. crazy, obviously, back in 1989, they're triangulating your phone yeah, they're and tracking it straight phone. away and then they're putting yeah. over the bus and fucking... Yeah, mad. And so this is obviously 30-odd years ago. Mm, yeah, yeah, well, I suppose you won't heard of it, heard of it them days, but that's what they did to New me. Yeah. And, so and, they, and they arrested me on the bus, actually, with the bus what I was on, yeah. and took the bus to the Nick. They didn't even let me go off the bus, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was... And, and so, then... So this was your first time in prison, though, yeah. wasn't it? So you've been remanded to Lincoln, Lincoln Prison. Lincoln Prison it was, yeah. And what was, uh, where's Lincoln in comparison to Nottingham, then? Is that a local prison? Uh, well, Nottingham's our local prison, but Lincoln Prison's... Why'd you get sent there, then? Just uh, because Nottingham falls sometimes. Yeah, probably it was full, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, my first time in prison, it was it was three, three, three to a soul, then. Slop out and piss buckets and all that lot, you know? Um... But you're a bit of a face anyway, so I'm, did you know people in there and that straight away and all that? I think they knew about me more than I knew them. Um, but it was an experience for me. Again, it was something I'd never been in, never been in jail before in my life. Um, but, but at that time, I was still young and still still fit and strong, so it didn't really, it didn't phase me that much. Um, so but the fear of it's normally a lot worse than the actual reality yeah, when you yeah, get there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you know. But, uh, but obviously, I, I being on after myself, so I, I want to stress. You know yourself, you've got to be able to. If you don't look after yourself, for it's just dog eat dog, isn't it? You know what I mean? The environment you're in, it's it's full of. It's just a jungle, so you can't be a, yeah. weak in that. But you yeah. know, um, I've not been on remand. I've only been sentenced prisoner. So you know, like being on remand was not the question mark, the worry in the head, like oh, I don't know how long I'm going to get. Was that a bit of a stress for you in that before yeah, the case? Yeah. No, uh, first time I've ever been in my, in my life, I was listening to what the solicitors were telling me, you know, and they were telling me like double figures, and I didn't realise, uh, you know, for, to 
20k a puff, you're not going to get double figures. Yeah, you just didn't know about the sentencing. Yeah, I, I just, just didn't know, know, yeah. So I, I was listening to what they was telling me. And, was, you know, it was um, it was a mistake I made listening to what they were telling me. Cause it, it, that did set, set alarm bells ringing on, in my head. But, uh, of course. So how long was the remand until the court case? I think, so roughly, I, did, roughly. I, think I did about 11 months. And so then you ended up getting a what sentence? I think I, I, think I got two years. Two years. Two, so you, two months. Something and so you basically only had a couple of months to go yeah, from the thing. So it's a piece again, of yeah. cake. And uh, but during that time, there did you have any sort of fights or anything like this, of like any sort of yeah. note or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a cleaner. On the, I was a cleaner on my wing, so I was making sure that everybody on the wing was, you know, the screws. As long as you keep the wing quiet and you you look after, you know, you, you keep it in order, you can basically get away with what you like. Um, I had a few fights. Um, I, I ate a life lifer with a tray of it. You know, can remember the metal trays what he used to have? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've heard about them, obviously. Yeah, I can remember. He stole the tobacco out of the cell, didn't I? I didn't smoke tobacco, but my padmate did. And uh, my padmate was in for life, though. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was, oh, he was on remand for life uh, for a li uh, for um, a charge of uh, murder. So uh, I actually said to him, I said, don't you um, do anything to the, this, this geezer that's stolen the tobacco, leave it to me. So, uh, so we worked it out. We sent him a letter or a message to come over to the cell. He didn't know what was going to happen. So I just waited for him down at the bottom of the landing with a tray, metal tray. And as soon as he popped his head around, I just whacked him straight over the top of, well, yeah, like, like scalped him. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's dog eat dog, isn't it, mate? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just how it is, isn't it? Of course. So you've ended up being released, though, so probably the start of 1990 or mid-1990, something like that, after a year or so away. And was it was it too short a time for you to like want to change your ways, or did you have any intention of changing your ways or going straight or anything like that? Or was it just like, oh, that was just a, a what would they call it? I've part never, the, ever. Part of the penalty or whatever the, of the, the, the thing, and you yeah, made a lot of money, so you thought, fuck it, straight to it. We weren't too bad at all. What was, the, what was your intention when you jumped back on? Well, as soon as I came out, I was... Uh, I, I still went back to crime again, you know what I mean? Because I knew there was money in it. So, and um, one of the guys who I know, that's how I got into the cigarettes business. He was um, getting robbed. Or he came to me, he's, he's, he, I think he was just bringing vans back from Dover then. Cigarettes were in the vans. And um, he asked me if I could um, help him. Um, because he was, he was getting robbed, basically, you know what I mean? But I, um, once he told me about the, business and told me how much he was making out of it, there was more money in the cigarettes than there was in the drugs. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm out of this game, I'm going to move into the cigarette game. And um, I told him, I said, you know, you either be my partner or I'll be your partner, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll just do it myself. And I ended up um, becoming his partner. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't pushing the business enough whereas when I got involved in it it was just like I said you're doing vans but then he introduced me to the people who was who was supplying him with all the cigarettes and the contraband or the alcohol whatever whatever he could get off them and um, that's when I found out how much money really was involved in this business and for the time what you get like I said to you I think it was about four years for a container load then so I um, pushed my work, well, I nosed my way in a bit and his, his bottle, 
his bottle was going. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't as hungry as I was, put it that way. And um, the guys who he was getting the contraband off was phoning me up then instead of phoning him up. And by the time, after about, I don't know, say 12 months, it was not vans anymore, it was container loads. And I think at one time we had something like £7 million worth of contraband plotted up in farms and, and you know, or, or in containers. And I had uh, a farm farm where we used to work from. I had um, two counting machines going, money counting machines. I used to get the guys, they'd bring the van in, I'd take the money off, off them, I'd count the money. Then one of my guys would take the van and go and load it with a contraband and, and give it some back. But we was making that much money. I actually tell them, don't bring the five pound notes because it takes too long to count. It was, it was, it was just, it was not going to say easy, but it was a lot easier than dealing in drugs, put it that way. And had you, had you sacked off to selling the drugs by this point? Because obviously you made yeah, so much did, money, yeah. you didn't need to be wasting yeah. your time with that. Yeah, your because, time was better spent on this. Yeah, because by the time I come out of prison, there was, there was more people involved in the drug business, everybody was, you know, it, it's like nowadays, it's, everybody's at it now, you know, every man and his dog's fucking selling drugs or selling fucking crack or selling fucking weed or whatever, you know what I mean? So, for me, to migrate into selling tobacco, it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Less time, more money, and a lot of the people you're dealing with, there's a lot of, um, a lot of easier people, they're not fucking... Drug dealers, the yeah, shops. Yeah, they're not carrying fucking guns around with them, are they? Yeah. They've got the missing them fucking kids in the van, you know what I mean? Yeah, they ain't trying to rob you. They're no, they're fuck, no, they're coming down there, they're happy as fuck, mate. And we had a fucking, I'm not going to say a great, great time, but it was, it was fucking easy. It was hard work, because you've got to put the hours in, and you, you know, you could put the time in, but I didn't give a fuck about that, I, I was a grafter. So, for me to do that, it, it was nothing. And so, like, during this time, obviously, you're earning loads of money. Were you, like, living life to such a degree? Did you have the houses, the cars and all this that people were taking note of you and you were becoming, like, a target uh, at the, at the or time, like I, this? No, not at the time I didn't because I didn't have fucking time to even spend the fucking money. It was, it was like, you know, it, it was coming in. And I know it's, it's a golden era, isn't it? It's only so much time you've got to do this. So I wanted to rip the arse out of it while I could. Of course. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah, yeah, because it's so good, you think, yes. you just fucking But yes, it, eventually I did buy the big mansion and all that, but I, same with that, it was in other people's names. The only reason I was asking, because obviously it was during this time in the mid-90s that yeah. McIntyre obviously yeah, got yeah. onto you. Oh, but yeah. why would he get onto you? Yeah, if but, like, you know, like obviously you'd only, be yeah. you'd only done a two-year sentence for Ash at this point, uh, but yet he obviously, you know what, you'd had this Nottingham Kingpin status thing and obviously yep. some... Yeah. Some someone knew you're making lots of money or something's going on for an undercover yeah. journalist to come in and try and make I think I was I was one of the first people that ever did you, well, know, you, were, you undercover. You, yeah, it's you and Marino, the two people yeah. that you went undercover on. But even even that mate, it was like how, how do you that was, that did was, you find out how it came about? Did you ever ask him or anything? It was well he, he he um he got in touch with the fucking old bill apparently in Nottingham or something they gave him information on me being a drug dealer. So they asked you who the kingpins are, who the big players yeah, are in this but town. Don't, don't forget at that time I was I was because I was, that was when I was doing all the extra pills and all that. So it was like the sort of transition period. Yeah, because it when was, was my no, transition period. Because it was, like, yeah. it was 95, was it, that McIntyre sort of got put into your yeah, life? Yeah. But that was it, that was my transition period. I was coming from the drugs then, the moving into the cigarettes trade. And, you know, 
it was I was that's when I was a bodybuilder as well. Now I was going to the gym every say not every every morning or every afternoon. I went to the gym when I wanted to go to the gym. You go to the gym every day though, you're yeah, I was going to every gym going to the gym every day, yes, but I went whatever time I wanted to go to. And now, but every time I got there, five minutes later, fucking Donald McIntyre walking behind me. Yeah. But don't forget, I don't know He's a reporter. Cool. Well, he, I don't he, know he, he weren't was. a famous reporter then, no, was he? This no, was the start. Thought, yeah. This is where he made his name, wasn't it? Correct. So, but I thought to myself, hang on a minute, this geezer. You, every time I go to the gym, five minutes later, he's walking in behind me. Something's not right here, you know. So, me being not not paranoid, but me being aware of it, thinking as long as, as long as I don't give him any. Because he started asking me about fucking drug business and and jobs on the door and all that lot and he he just trying to get into me and I thought to myself, you know what mate, I don't feel comfortable with this guy, you know what I mean? So I knew there was something wrong but I thought he could have been a drug squad officer or or a, a, a undercover copper or or Interpol or whatever. I didn't for the laugh of me think he'd be a reporter. Yeah. And that went well, on for Why would you? Like you said, you no one's yeah. thinking that you're gonna put undercover report these things don't, don't really happen. You no. weren't a Roger Cook thing or something like this and That's right, yeah it was Roger Cook was the last and one, wasn't so it? Like, yeah. How long was it that he was like, doing this? Like, oh, it must have been six months on me. But even then, I knew it's like an undercover operation. They could, they've only got so long to put the... it cost so much money. Correct, yes. So I knew. As long as I didn't give him any drugs, I didn't give him any information, I didn't get into a, a, a conspiracy with him, I was going to be okay. But it was like a cat and mouse with him. I knew I'd have got to see this out, so I just played the game and then just went with it, and eventually... Because you did well, considering he was like, putting all this time and money in and effort for six months, you didn't give him anything, so you must have obviously clocked well, from the start, yeah. so it was a bit of a... Dis even though it's... Because in the back of my mind, I knew of, it was a wrong one. But, because obviously he didn't have the sort of... That swagger of swagger of a street person of a criminal at all, did he? And no, so you could clock that. That's why fucking, he never. What did he call it? That's what, why he never gave him anything. His, his mate was Billy Wiz or something. Oh, crazy! Wasn't Fuck's sake! What a fucking donut! You know what I mean? But as much as you did give him anything, it didn't turn out with the big, huge arrest or anything no, like this no. at the end. He actually fucking gave one of my pals a fucking. I think it was half hours of coke. Yeah, or remember when they said you know they put it so out the window? They lost it. Didn't it's they? all right for him fucking giving somebody half hours of coke. And, entrapment. Yeah, entrapment. Exactly. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, eventually um, I was parked in a car park in the in um, Mapley Top where where we are. I was going to the calf actually, and um, he's jumped out. And when he's jumped out, he's with a camera crew. Yeah. And if you look at the video, the documentary. Yes, this is the end of the documentary. Yeah, you'll see when he jumps out and he interviews me. I start smiling because I knew then. Fuck me, he's not a copper. He's not Interpol. He's not no fucking drug squad officer. He's a fucking reporter. Yeah. And I knew he's got fuck all on me, so and I just smiled. I thought, he's fuck all he can do, yeah. And so, you know, like, from that day there that we see at the end of the documentary, you must have thought, well, what's going to happen? Obviously, nothing's going to come out then because they never got nothing on me. It's just all a big waste of time. And so how long was it before it came out on TV and that? Uh, I think it came out fucking a month later or something. Yeah. And was, did you, you didn't have any contact? You didn't call no, you up saying, look, this is going to be coming out or anything like this? No, no, the, no. But that's, that, and that's where the problem lies, isn't it? If they doing like a uh, undercover reporting on your documentary, whatever, they can say what they like. I mean, uh, uh, there was one one point in there where they've seen me going into my uh, 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 my motor 
And I've got an old old bag with me. And he's saying that I've got drugs in the old old bag. It wasn't fucking drugs. It was a fucking sleeve. It was some sleeves of cigarettes while somebody showed me. But the, the, the one thing I would say, like you said, obviously it's like it's what they call in these court cases, what the police do, is the cherry picking. So they've been able to six yeah, months of recording exactly. and they never managed to get any incriminating stuff. So you've heard the worst of what they said. So obviously it's a... They, they they fucked up to be honest. Yeah, um, well they did fuck up, but you know. But, but it, it was a, at the same time though. It was a fucking good watch where they sort of dramatise it, where they've got the fucking old Bill on there talking about you can't get these guys. These are the untouchable drug yeah, kingpins yeah. like Wayne and and, and they, they can say what they like because that's their side of it, isn't it? I wasn't allowed to because I, I, I wasn't participating in it. I, did, I I couldn't say what I liked. But did you have the? I can remember at one point during the document they said that you had all the radios and all this sort of stuff, the police scanners yeah, it's and all bollocks, this. Bollocks, mate! It's all bollocks. You know what I mean, you didn't have no police no, scanners in the nineties. Bollocks, no, mate! It was one of them fucking. We used to get them phones where you, it, it was a. We used to buy phones and we used, we used to go and scan the numbers, get a number, put it on the phone. It was free phone then, you wanted so we just used to use them as blasters. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, we, on them days it was all pages and all, weren't fucking. Course. Not mobile phones, what they've got nowadays. But obviously, like when this has now come out, this has come out in 96, I think it was, the McIntyre thing. Yeah. Then, fuck me, you must have become, you obviously became a fucking huge name. This is before the Sky well, days. He, this was terrestrial TV days. He made me four bigger TV, than what, you know. Of course, there's four TV channels. Yeah. And he's turned you into this Teflon Don fucking yeah, exactly, UK yeah, job. Yeah, got yeah. You can't be busted. Fuck me, and I've got Mr. H on my fucking number plate and all. You know, yeah, right? so it's fucking, it, was yeah. all, it all, all looks good. It, it, it did look the part, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, and, but, uh, because I've never ever, I've never, I'm not one of these guys that you were interviewed before where they've done like 15 years here, 20 years here, and they've murdered this. I've not done that. My life has always been about making money and business. I'm not that guy. It's, listen, of course I've gone out there and fucking beat a few people up and I've fucking. But it's always to do business I'm, more time. But it's all to do with my business, yes. That's a better I'm way. Not, I'm, it's all about risk versus reward with me. Yeah, I'm not going to go to fucking jail. For fucking beating some mug up or fucking. It's much better. You've done fuck, uh, millions I'm and millions, money, and, millions mate, yeah. and fucking yeah. did sh short sentences along the way. They obviously, not worth. People Correct. might not deem it worth. Some people might deem it. There's yeah, not a, you know, not a big, I, I not can, a big price to pay. As long as I wasn't getting over five years, I was happy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I knew it was just a fucking walking apart. That you but know? obviously, after the '96, the McIntyre thing came out. You obviously knew the police. Everyone's on to you. Did, at this point there, was that a scare where you thought, fuck me, I'm so hot, I, I can't be involved in anything well, like this that's, anymore? That's where I was transitioning and going into the cigarettes. So at this point, yeah, it all worked perfectly. Yeah, so the, 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 the drugs was gone then. Fuck so the off. drug squad, they couldn't do what the, they can do what the fucking like because yeah. I wasn't involved in it. So now I've gone into the customs, haven't I? Yeah, I, yeah, so this I, is what I was going to ask. You know when you're doing this, the cigarettes and that, they say Nottingham, local Nottingham police don't give a fuck about this. This is customs or excise Correct, that are yeah. interested in you instead. And they're it? not like the police, are they? You know what I mean? They're totally yeah. different from the police. You know what yeah. I mean? The fucking... And the, it was, I mean, when you got customs on you, you they, they weren't, it wasn't looking for me like the fucking old Bill was, you know what I mean? Like the drug squad was. The, 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 it was just customs, and it was cigarettes I'm fucking But obviously now. you didn't have a, you didn't let the, put a sign out there saying, look guys, I'm done with the drugs, no, I'm into cigarettes. So the police, no, though, no. were they still like on your case terrorising you, though, during this period after the McIntyre thing? Or I think, I think there's that many fucking grasses out there. I think they have probably told him he's fucking hard, he's dropped it now, he's not into the fucking uh, drugs no more, he's gone, gone cigarettes. And nobody gave a fuck about the cigarettes them days. Yeah, so most of the time the police know what's going on. Like, so yeah, of course you do, yeah, you know what I mean? Anyway. And, um, you know, during this period as well, obviously, after McIntyre, you mentioned your brother and that. Was he your partner in crime? Yeah. Right? What, from yeah. the drugs and then the cigarettes? Was he you and him with well, his thieves throughout it? Well, 
my brother wasn't my partner at first. When I got in, when I got involved with this sort of guy, you know, I told you he, he ain't got the balls to push the business like I was pushing it. He um, he became like a silent partner type of thing. So then I I got my brothers coming with me, and I got one of my best mates coming with me. So there was three of us then, really, me, my brother, and my best mate. Um, we all had the same mentality. We knew there was fucking money there. We knew it wasn't going to last forever. It was, it was just it was a golden era, so we got to rip the arse out of it, and that's what we did, you know. We was making making good money, and we was all... Well, everybody around us was making good money out of it. All the family, yeah. all, all the guys that worked for us. And it was, it was cigarettes, it was cigarettes and alcohol. You know, it's, it's not it's not like fucking drugs, is it? No, of course. And so you know? like you said, you'd be making at a certain point, you're making tens of thousands a week. Yes, and this is fucking... More than I've ever made in this drugs. This is crazy money back in... Obviously, yeah. back then, it'd be crazy money today. 70 grand a week, and I was... Fucking on, nuts. On the, on the um, drug side of it, I was probably, what, five or ten grand a week? Now I'm, I'm earning 70 grand a week, but not just me. 70 for me, 70 for my brother, and 70 for my other partner. And then 10 grand for the lads it's working for us. And all that being sensible at this point, where you've literally got hundreds of thousands, if not millions there, you must have had, obviously, the cars now and the homes yeah, and yeah, the holidays yeah. and all this. Like, yeah. how, how good was life at this point? Like? Oh, fucking hell, mate. Somebody once told me that was depressed. And I, I said to him, what, what, what is depressed? They went, you know, I, I feel like I'm low and all that. And I, I couldn't work the fucker out. I couldn't. I said, I, I don't know what that means because I'm always... I was always fucking happy. It was, it was, life was great, you know. But obviously, I do know what the depression is now. Of course. But at the time, it, it, it was great, you know. It's living the high life. Yeah, and it was something I enjoyed. It. It wasn't just about money. Now it was because it was it was business again, it, and I enjoyed doing what I was doing. Of course. And um, so, like you said, you were and you were good at it as well. You weren't getting any. Yeah, trouble. yeah, I was. Yeah. Get through yeah. it, and because uh, I've always made sure I paid. Everybody needed pain. I never knocked anybody. I, I never robbed them. You know what I mean? I didn't have to rob them because we're making that much money. You know, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Did you ever have any bent um, old bill on the payroll and that back in the day, get the info for them? No, I didn't have. Uh, only time I ever, ever um, paid any. Uh, well, it wasn't even a bent copper. It was when it, it was a retired copper. I just gave him a few because he was a bit of a. Um, you know, he liked playing at the bookies and stuff like that so yeah you know it's just information that way but me and my brother we we just did our own thing you know what i mean we our business was all about our family as well family and close friends it wasn't like people i don't know so it, it was all all and, tight and you know like obviously when like we said when you were doing the drugs to start with stepping on a few people's toes all this sort of stuff yeah. this was a separate sort of thing there's not many people in the cigarette game and that especially like what you guys That's doing right. there was, but I think there was only about three firms in it when I was were, doing it the firm was making millions and that like between you even if it's 70 mm. grand a week you made a couple hundred grand a month and did, did any point any sort of major serious villains come and try and extort you out of money or anything like this when I was doing the cigarette business or yeah, yeah. do you know what mate no no because I, I, I had, a, had my brother with me who was Ruthless, yeah. and my my partner with it, he was he was an odd nut, yeah. and all the guys that was working with it, it was all proper fellas. You know, none of them, none of us was mugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and so like they, said, they, they wouldn't take us on anyway. Of course, you know we, we was we was top of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so you know the, the the cigarettes and was it cigarettes and alcohol, or just cigarettes? It was mostly cigarettes, but come Christmas, people want whiskey, they want brandy, they want vodka. So we used to get. 
And so, like, it just how were you getting it across? Were you buying your cigarettes off people in this country or importing them? Or were you importing them yourself? And were they, like, real or were they just duty, a fake no, lights or duty free? when we was doing it, it was all real. I mean, later on it would become the Chinese stuff. The Chinese, when they started bringing that in, it fucked the market up. But when we was doing it, it was all proper branded stuff. And, you know, it, it was... It was easy, I would say it's easy work. It was hard work, but it was nothing compared to like drug dealing, you and know? And the worry and the stress yes, and the and problems you did. The difference it. between cigarette business and drug business is people paid you cash. Yeah. It was no lay on like they do in the drug business, yeah. where you've got to give them it for a week and come back next week, hope you get your fucking money. With a cigarette business, you paid them, it was paid cash on the nose because everybody wanted them. And there was never any, any doubt that you couldn't sell them. So that's why I kept saying to my suppliers, send as much as you can. Keep sending it, keep sending it. Because I knew I could get rid of, of course. it. Of And you know, you, you mentioned there the suppliers. Obviously, I don't like the drug game. You have to go there and try and find the connection and stuff like this. How does it work with the cigarette suppliers? You just go to Belgium to the duty-free... No, 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 no. Proper... I, 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 I had some people that was in a manufacturing and a cigarette business. And they were sending them over in containers to me. And where were they? Did France, Holland, Belgium? What? It was all over. It was all over. It, we even had them in... In Riga, yep. in, you know, it's an annex of Russia, um, and it was all word of mouth. Shop shopkeepers, you know, people walking around the pub selling cigarettes. It was you, you're dealing with not horrible people. Of course, you're dealing with like just normal people for once in my life. It was that's why I said it wasn't the the graph was hard because I was working twenty four seven, but the people was a lot better people. Of course, so uh, yeah, it was it was. It was nice. And so, like, you never had any sort of major scares. You hadn't come on to the customers, weren't trying yeah, to terrorise yeah, yeah. you or anything like yeah. this. And yeah. So, but, like, you ended up uh, first having to go on the run, I think, was in 2002. Like, why was this? What Was there a scare in that? Um, that was, that was... Uh, and you, this is the first time you went to Africa, wasn't it? Yeah, you that was, that was... Like, that was, that was some puff again, that was. My brother was importing puff in, in um, uh, boilers. So why was he doing it though? Because obviously he was fully involved in the cigarette stuff at the same time, wasn't he? Yeah, so but he, was, greed, kept, he kept his hand in all sorts. Yeah. Mean, you know what I mean? And um, even the guys that was bringing the uh, the, the puff in, in, in the um, boilers, they was cigarette smugglers as well. And I, like an idiot, I went down and met him at the hotel. Met him at the hotel and didn't realise everybody was under surveillance and the always surveillance picked me up then. And thought I was involved in 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 the uh, smuggling this uh, ash. What was coming in? Um, well, then they lost a load, and then you. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the pulled a, pulled a load in, knew what was going off, and uh, tried to arrest everybody and um, trying to get me at the same time. So I, I had, obviously I had to get on my toes and fuck off for a couple of years. You know what I mean? But of course, it's the best thing. You know, it, it open open a different world for me. I ended up going to South Africa. Which was, you know, the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And so, how did you get out of the country then? I was, I was in Portugal at the time. I was, I was in a safe, like a safe house in Portugal. I was saying there, I couldn't speak Portuguese properly, so I was getting pissed off being on my own all the time. Yeah. So just one day, I thought, fuck it, you dears wins. I went to the airport, uh, paid cash for my ticket, yeah, and flew out to Cape Town. I went to Cape Town because somebody had told me about Cape Town before and um, told me how good it was and blah 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 so I've ended up going there and um, when I arrived there it was um, nothing like I thought it would be which um, eventually I fell in love with the place and um, 
I end up getting married there. I've got two boys over there. But obviously, the first time you're there, this in 2002, so this yeah. is like 2002, 2000. So obviously, fell in love with the place. Things are great. Obviously, you yeah. didn't meet your wife this time. Really, no, 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 no. And then, but obviously, at a certain point, you realised that the scare that you'd had to run away from that door sort of disappeared. Back yeah, home. but what happened was my brother went on trial for it because they was involved in it. He got a not guilty. The customs knew that I wasn't really involved in it. They knew, they knew, they knew everything what happened. They, they just yep. pulled me in with it because they could. Um, once he got not guilty, I think some of them got a fine guilty, and I came back and they just eventually just dropped the charges on me because they knew I wasn't involved with it. Um, and obviously, you said you'd fallen in love place. Why did you come back? Because your money was running out. Obviously, you've been on the run for a few years now, and obviously, it's expensive as anything. You weren't yeah. making no money, I'm guessing, when you were in the No, of course, well, no. So I came back and I knew I've got to put, put some graft back in again, you know what I mean? So, come back 2004, and then. And that's, that's when I carried on with the cigarettes. Cigarettes again. So no drugs, just literally straight no, strictly I, cigarettes. I, I'd finish with the drugs then, you know what I mean? Because there's so much money making in cigarettes, there's no point me doing drugs anymore. Still had the connections, still had the demand yeah, for yeah, it, and yeah, everyone yeah. was missing the thing, and so yeah, just jumped straight back to it. No it, brainer. No, it's, like I said to you, it's risk versus reward, isn't it? It's, 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 it is a no brainer, mate, you know what I mean? It's, uh, and you're making as good money as before, the first time you were making big money? Um. Yeah, we was, yes, yeah. In fact, the further it went, the longer it went on, the more money it was making, because it's all from a small transit van to a truck, then to containers, and it was not one container, it was like, it ended up making, you know, like four or five containers a week, and it's, it's massive, massive amounts of money, and people was there to buy it, you know, it wasn't like I could never get rid of them, it was, I was actually having to tell people they can't have, it, can't have them today, you'll have to wait till tomorrow. Because you know it was that much demand for it. It was it was great. And this point here, this is when you end up getting mansion, Ferrari, holiday yeah, homes, yeah, all that yeah, sort of stuff, yeah, was it? And yeah, yeah. It was all yeah. It's just crazy, man. Crazy. You know what I mean? You could for somebody like myself, that type of money. I've never had nothing like in my life. You know what I mean? It was like you could have anything you want. You could, you know, I've, I've had the Ferraris, I've had the Jags, I've had the Mercedes, I've had the mansions. You know what I mean? Albeit they had to be in other people's names, but I did have them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. And so, like you said, obviously you're a big name. Even from 10, 15 years before this, you'd been a big name. Nottingham Police wanted you, but you're good at what you did, and it was hard for them to capture. And you're obviously living the life. And so, obviously, in order to catch you, yeah, they end up um, bugging your place up, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, fucking hell, mate. Yeah, that was a right fucking noise. And so this I, um, is a common thing now, but back then this probably was kind of unheard of, wasn't it? Like the people, well, I never thought they'd bug the place, that's for sure. But um, me and my girlfriend at the time, we went to buy a, buy a house and um, put the deposit down on it. I don't know whether they bugged it before we'd moved in or bugged it while we was in the house. But whatever, um, they broke into the house and the, the bugged all my wall sockets, the kitchen sockets and the living room sockets and for 18 months it was listening to everything I fucking said and you say a lot over 18 months I'm telling you, you know what I mean but uh, eventually, but having said that it, they got me a conspiracy again for I think it was 1.9 million that was a tobacco my mate was bringing in tobacco from uh, a European country and he was bringing the tobacco in then he was bringing the equipment in and he asked me if I could help him out, get him the yard or the farm to put the equipment in it and would I sell the tobacco and 
simple as that, mate, and a conspiracy. You know, it's all, all about what you say. And you, were you still doing the cigarettes at this point? No, I'd finished then. What, you, had you retired? Like, yeah, I'd retired, yeah, yeah. You retired and, and fucking was, living your life. This was the last... That's why I fell into the trap, man. I, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. But I did it. Greed. Greed again. It took me, didn't it? And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'll have a few quid out of this job. And I said to my mate, I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get the job done. You know what I mean? Didn't realise it was all being listened to. It was all bugged, wasn't it? So, yeah, they got me on a conspiracy. Uh, so when you had obviously made a load of money in your set, big houses, life and all this sort of that's stuff. That's when I fucked off back to uh, South Africa. And so I got bail. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it all. Because it's cigarettes and tobacco, you get fucking bail. You don't get bail on fucking Charlie or fucking, or, you know, X yep. amount of drugs, do you? But on tobacco, you do. And did they even take your passport and that? No. So they no, didn't even take your passport. Off. So even while you flew out the yeah, country, so your I own just, passport. No, I just got my passport and fucked off, didn't I? And you know where you're obviously, um, and you know, something like this where it's a cigarette sort of thing, are they going to come and, are you thinking they're not even going to come and chase me anyway? Fucking you? seven years you took them, didn't it? Yeah, and so like, talk to me about the pro, you know. Because you were thinking, right, I'm going to go and settle in Africa, would you fly somewhere else first before Africa to make it look like you'd gone somewhere else? Or would you just nope. straight first? I went straight way? to Africa, man, you know what I mean? Because it was, it's a long way away and it's not like a major... It's 11 fucking, hours, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like you fucking killed someone. So yeah, thinking, and it's tobacco, isn't it? It's not like, like, it's not like I've killed someone, is it? You know, but they did eventually, you know, because it was in Interpol then, they was uh, on, on my case, you know what I mean? But yes. when I was out there that time, I had got a few quid in my pocket and I... I I did ways, ways of getting a few quid out there, you know what I mean? Uh, um, so you earning money while you are out there as well? You... Uh, no, not when I was in Africa, no. But what I, I, I did do, I, I'd got um, money in England, what I'd got, uh, not smuggled out, I, I'd got it transferred to me over there. Yeah. So I was living in life for Larry, you know what I mean? It was fucking great, mate, you know what I mean? It was, and you know, like, quality of life was great. Initially, like the first year or so, were you... Looking over your shoulder, moving around a lot to start yeah, with, where you sort of sussed yeah, it out, and you were like first. a bit paranoid, and then obviously... Well, the, what they did, they did my trial on Skype. I was in Africa. They knew I was in Africa. I didn't fucking lie to them. Yep. They knew I was there. So I, I did my actual fucking hell. court case on Skype. I, I was like talking to my solicitor or barrister. He'd take the information from me and then go back into the courtroom. And obviously, because it was bugged, the house was bugged, how can you fucking say, you know... It wasn't me that said it, because I did say it. I, you know, I entered into an agreement, a conspiracy. Yeah. So they'd got me anyway, banged to rice, but... You still thought, fuck it. Yeah, I thought, fuck it. I'm, and it that made me laugh. He said to me, he says, oh, are you going to come back, Wayne? I went, yeah, I'll come back. He says, when? I says, when I'm fucking ready. I said, my, my missus just had a baby then. She just had a uh, uh, Maximilian. So, yeah, at this point so, here, you settled down, got a wife, yeah, had first so, kid. And I was happy, mate. And, and I was, what sentence had they given you? They'd given me three years at Three year sentence. Yes, it weren't like it's exactly. The world at the same there time. we go. It's tobacco, you see. It's not drugs, is it? You know what I mean. And so, yeah, it was. I wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered. And I actually, I made my life over there. You know, I, I was, I was. Well, I was on the run for seven years. Yeah. You know what I mean. I'd been coming and going anyway. So obviously, at this point here, there you've obviously accepted I'm out in South Africa. Yeah. That's where I'm at. We've done the trial via okay. Skype or whatever it was. But you know, after the. They'd given you the three-year sentence. Did they try and like, put pressure, or did you think, okay, now I've got to be a bit careful because they might actually come try and get me now, or were you still just super relaxed out there? You know what, mate? I got into that laid-back lifestyle, didn't I? And that was my that was my downfall. At first, I was moving every twelve months, moving this house to this house to this house, and keeping on the ball. But after so long, I just got got laid back and just nobody's bothering me. But obviously, 
obviously they did come and get me, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And obviously, but you're out there. You end, like you said, you end up having seven years out there. You've end up mm. remarrying, having a couple of kids out yeah. there, and you've gone out there with a nice bit of money. And I'm yeah, sure, I'm as far sure as that, I was concerned, that was my life. You know, I'm what sure mean? the money goes a lot further out in Africa as well. It so I'm sure does. you're a rich man out there. Yeah. And but obviously. Um, what were you doing on day to day? Were you just literally enjoying your life with your wife and living the life of leisure? I was and actually um, drinking and restaurants. I was renting um, uh, point of sales, you know, tills yep. and credit card machines. I was buying them from Germany and fitting them in, into hotels, restaurants and bars and then um, um, charging them rent for the, the, the equipment. And I was buying a plot of land. I was building houses and it was just... It was just cushy, you know what I mean? It was, it was nice. It was labour's cheap out there. We had a maid. We've got a swimming pool. You know, kids are in private school. It's, it was the lifestyle was great. And like I said, you loved until it, it out all there. goes tits up. But it weren't too hot for you out there, or anything like this. Mm. Hot in what way? I mean, well, the weather. weather or yeah, the, the weather. Yeah, I love it, mate. I'm a sun worshiper. I love it. Yeah. And um, what about uh, how dangerous was it out there? Were you not yeah, worried about yeah. it? And obviously, you were a wealthy, a wealthy man out there. Yeah. Right? You, so did. It is, it is. I mean, if... You'd have to carry guns and stuff like that, then? Some people are, yeah. You've got to have a license for the guns, but... Um, you didn't feel the ever need to no, carry guns, right? I, I never, ever broke the law while I was out there, because I'm not going to shit on my own doorstep, you know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that if I was out there, they ain't got no reason to come and arrest me or or find out who, who I was, because I was, I was still wanted by Interpol. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't cause any problems for myself out there, as such. Yeah, yeah. Um... And obviously, while you're out there, and that, um, obviously you're out there for seven years, you must become part of like the community and stuff. Yeah, and I know everybody. I got married out there, didn't I? Yeah, so you were at a big wedding. Down the local pubs and that, yeah, you'd be in yeah. the evenings and that, yeah. meet some of the fellas out yeah, there. Yeah, everybody. Did you, so uh, did you know like the villains and that out there? Yeah, did you ever get, like, a lot of them even knew what I was, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, obviously you, know, you had a lot of uh, notoriety, yeah, you? Yeah, well, put me down, I said, was it number nine? Britain's Most Wanted, as someone they called me. You know what I mean? Yeah, all part of the McIntyre stuff yeah, and everything yeah, that was, went from there. Yeah, and so yeah. this was, within the, the criminal world, this is a badge of honour. Do you know what I mean? Being yeah, one of the most wanted. Was, and what were the villains and like that out there? Was it all South Africa? Were there a lot of foreign people go like travel out there or not really so much? Uh, where I was staying, it was more more like expats, these Scottish, the RS and everybody like that. But, uh, you know, their own communities, there is some, some badass people out there, you know what I mean? Of course. A lot worse than what there is over here, that's for sure. And obviously you've got a mischievous mindset like yourself, you like getting involved in trouble, anything that can make mm. a buck, and like, how hard was it to avoid the temptation to get involved in like the local sort of uh, stuff out it's there? I think there? cigarettes over there, when I was there, was something like £3 a pack, and I knew how much money was involved, and it was branded cigarettes. I, you know, I, I could have got into it, but I, did, I knew I'd just bring it on top for myself, so I yeah. didn't, you know I mean? I stayed, kept my nose clean and just kept my head down as, as much as I could until eventually they did, they did find me eventually, you know what I mean? Of course, and um, like, what was it at that point there that made them come, like, say, find, because you weren't hiding, so it wasn't a case of finding no, that. It was, what, I what, think, what made them come after those seven years, you reckon? Do you know what? There was an article in the paper, something like, Hardy's on the beach sipping pina coladas, in South Africa, and they called me, like I said, Britain's number nine most wanted. And um, at the time, I had an American Chevrolet, but I put the car in my name. And I think the security, because we have armed response over there as well as the police. And I had an argument with one of the armed response guys over there. And I think he checked my car out and gave my 
name and address to the police. And I think that's how it all come about, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I did, I did um, get the, one of my other friends, he he was he owned another security company. He told me, well, he actually told me that's what had happened. He said to me, get rid of the car, Wayne, and move. I sold the car, but I didn't move in time. And they eventually come and got me. So you knew it was a little bit, but you still weren't, you have been out there seven years, you got a little bit slack and you thought you'd never yeah. going to get fucking nicked. I was, I was living the life when I laid back Cape life, you know, sun, sea, and it was just, just great, mate. It's, it's quality life is fantastic, man. So like I said, you had seven good years out there, then yeah. coming for you in... And I've got, you know, I've got two beautiful sons out there. Of course. And so they came for you in 2016. Yep. Yeah. And um, talk about how they come and the shock of how they come. Was it to kick the door off during the night? Yeah, or? man. Yeah, I was just going out on a piss again. And I just told the missus, I said, I'll be back later. You know what I mean? I'm going out, I'm reversing, reversing out of the driveway. And I thought to myself, where's all these SUVs? What's going on for I was on a private road. As soon as I reversed the car out, every, everything lit up like Blackpool illuminations. Isn't it? So they've all come running out. As soon as I seen them running over to me, I knew. Knew the game was up, you know what I mean? But I'd got um, uh, my garage, my driveway, the gate, it had a small gate on the side. I've jumped out of the car, got through that, and slammed the gate behind me. And they've all all come to the arm response with the fucking uh, the police with the guns and everything. There was paparazzi here with the cameras trying to film me at the same time. And he's um, the, the boss of the Interpol, whoever was there, he said to me, you know, your name's Wayne Hardy, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, my name's not Wayne Hardy. And she says, well, showed me a picture. I said, fucking hell, yeah, okay, it is then. So, you know, he, um, after a couple of minutes, we, uh, I let him in. Uh, as long as he just, I think two of them came in, because there was about fucking 15 of them there trying to fucking get me. Um, I was arrested. And your wife obviously knew you were on the run, didn't she, from... She did, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, she didn't know everything, do they? You know what I mean? And she didn't think they're going to be coming for you like this. No, not like that. No, that's for sure. Uh, especially when we got this, uh, the neighbours was a doctor and the other one was a school teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah, I bet you're in a world. I lived too. in an affluent area yeah, by then. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it must be a massive shock. So like you said, obviously they've come for you, and then what's the process then of obviously getting extradited? Obviously this wasn't quite yeah, the simple thing. No, mate, yeah. Straight to playing back to figure yeah. you've been. I thought so. Yeah. I thought when they arrested me, they took me to the local Nick. When they took me to the local Nick, I thought, so, okay, I'm going to court in the morning. The lecture died, I mean, I'm back on the plane and fucking back to the UK. Anyway, I got to the fucking court in the morning. In front of the judge and everything, my wife's there and fucking hell. She looks a right fucking state and all. She's fucking white as a ghost, even though she's black, you know what I mean? Fucking hell, it's terrible. And um, the um, solicitor come up to me and says, uh, they're going to extradite you. And I went, yeah, okay, okay. I so thought, you weren't fighting the extradition at all? No, no, no. Well, I wanted to get back home then. They've got me, so there's no point me fucking staying yeah, there. Yeah, just go back, I mean? get it done up and get yeah, back home. Yeah, I, I knew I'd only got three years, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, going back to 18 months. But I didn't realise that they had to put me into a maximum security prison while they're getting the papers sorted out for the extradition. That's what fucked me up, you know what I mean? I thought I was going to get back on the plane the next day or something, but no. No, they told me... Um, you're going to pose more maximum security and you'll have to wait for your extradition papers coming through and then we'll extradite you back to the UK then. And um, that was the beginning of a fucking proper nightmare, that was, you know what I mean? Yeah, so obviously you're a bit rough and tough fella, not phased by many things, but obviously 
being told you're going to the maximum security oh, man, South yeah. Africa. Totally different, I would have been shitting myself. The, yeah, only, thing totally I've seen of it, the only thing I've seen of it is that Ross Kemp, and fuck me, I didn't want to yeah. be in the cell with these people. So did you know yeah. how bad it was going to be when you were on the way to the prison? Obviously, you've been in South Africa for seven years but at this I still, point. I've still never been... Because you hadn't really been around all the criminals. No, I've not been to a prison or, or I've not even mixed with the, them type of gangsters, you know? Yeah. And these are fucking real gangsters. They're not fucking gangsters what over here. These are fucking murdering fucking motherfuckers. So you know talk what I mean? about like, what happens then when you arrive at this place then, like, obviously arrive at the well, reception and then... Just... Well, in the court, first of all, when they, they told me I was going to get uh, remanded to Polesmore, they took me down to the cells and uh, as soon as I opened the cell door, mate, fuck, man, the stink of the piss and the shit and the... It was dark in there, and all I could see was toothless gangsters with tattoos all over them, and and obviously I can't speak their language like they can. You know what I mean? So I can't even work out what they're trying to tell me. But I knew I was in fucking trouble. That's for sure. And um, the the Interpol copper came down and said to me, "You know the place you're going, Wayne." He said, "It's uh, it's a dangerous place, so just keep your head about you." You know what I mean? I thought myself, "Fucking hell." Really? Is it that fucking bad? Maybe the copper's warning you. Fucking yeah, he's warning me, yeah. He said to me, I'll try and get you out um, out of the prison as quick as possible and get you extradited back to the UK. So I thought, so what the fuck have I got myself into here? So um, the next fucking... Oh, it wasn't the next day. I think it's I think it's the same... No, it was the next day. The next day we all was put on this, like a meat wagon, where you go in England, do you know what I mean? Oh. Took us to the prison... As you get off the prison, you've got to sit down like a little... You put your hands over the top of your head and the, the screws are counting you one by one. And then you're stripped fucking bollock naked, you know what I mean? It's fucking embarrassing as fuck, you know what I mean? But um, then you're put into a, a holding holding, holding cell. Um, and I'm looking around me then I thought myself, fucking Jesus. And there's not one person in there I could see where it was like... Got teeth in the red. They've all, all uh, got the. And so, like you said, out there, you said the tooth, they take their teeth out. They by actually choice. take their teeth out. It's a gang thing, you know. I mean, even the women take the teeth out. It's like you get like pretty women with no fucking teeth, you know. What I mean, it's fucking crazy. But um, you must be shitting yourself in that. I was, so. yeah, yeah. Because I thought I knew I was in fucking trouble, mate. You know, what I mean, I thought myself, fuck, you know. Now I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And um, they took us to a. a that was the holding cell. And they give you, uh, they give me a, a number, like a prison number, on a piece of cardboard. Then they took me to a, another cell where we were staying overnight. Yeah. Uh, I slept on this piece of sponge. Then I was covered in headstones and fucking fleas the next day. Waiting, fucking there, there must have been thousands of people slept on this bit of sponge or something. You know what I mean? But so no one come and try to trouble you though in those first couple. Uh, of nights? Well, I made, I made sure I got myself in the corner, didn't I? And um. The, after that, in the morning, they, they moved us out, obviously, to a different location. And uh, where they took us then was, obviously, where I was going to be staying. And it was um, just down at, like, a landing, and there was a cell that side, a cell that side. And I, w I went to the, the last one. And as his he, as screw told me to go in there, I've looked, looked through these gates, or looked through the bars, and it's like... I think there was 70, 70 guys in there. 70 guys in there, prisoners, you know what I mean? And I don't think one of them had a fucking tooth in his fucking head. They all had fucking tattoos all over them. 
and all fucking like grinning at me saying coming in you know what I mean I thought so oh fuck yeah. so it's like the American dormitory sort of thing like yeah, big yeah. Hall of people. It, I think they call them a tank over there yeah it's yeah a tank, like big you know hall I mean? full of people rather than yeah it was but I didn't realise it was the 26th and the 27th and the 28th the gangsters you know what I mean yeah so they're the gangs the bad yeah, gangs so when the screws pushed me in there to go in as I've gone in there this guy's gone to me like that put his fingers in my which I thought, so I'm not saying fuck all, mate, anyway. And then there, there was all, like, in the, in the huddle. There were, like, ten, ten of these guys in the huddle. And I thought, so what the fuck's going off here? Nobody else said a word, just these guys there. And uh, anyway, when they broke up out of this huddle, this big lump of a guy's come over. He's gone, Whitey, come with me. So I, I walked over to him. I said, what's going off? He says, now you're with me, Whitey. He says, I'm the boss of the 27s. He said, you come stay with me. So I've... And so you, you spoke about the white black people. Was there many white people in there? I was, only, I was the only white man in there. Is they it? used to call me Whitey or UK. Fuck me, so it weren't bad enough that you were foreigner, mate. You yeah, fucking really yeah. stuck out. Yeah, it was a fucking experience, that's for sure. Yeah, so what but, happened to this guy then? Did he... But yeah, his name's Tabish. Tabish means the beast. Oh. Um, he was the, the gang boss of the 27s. And I, I wasn't even allowed to talk to the 26s or the, or the 26s and 27s and 28s. I wasn't allowed to talk to any other gang members, only the, the 27s I was with. But as I've walked in there and he's, he's pulled me over and I've, he said to me, don't worry, Whitey, you, you, you're with me now, you'll be safe. He asked me if I wanted to make a phone call. So I said, yeah, I thought there's no phones in here. Anyway, he's pulled a mobile phone out. I gave him a number, gave him my wife's number. He's phoned up my wife. She's on the phone. So I've talked to her and talked to her and the kids. Told her I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. Give him the phone back. As soon as I've given the phone back, he says, Why do you have money? I went, Why? He says, Now you owe me so many rand. You're like, I think I had to pay him 50 quid or something to use the phone, but at least I could use the phone anytime I wanted, daytime or not, as long as I've got the phone with him. And obviously, it put you in his good graces, the fact that you're yeah, well, out of money and he's going to try and look after you. Cause obviously well, he was money. looking after me because I was the cash cow, wasn't I? Yeah. I was the white guy with the money, so I knew. But even there, there was like 70 people in the room. In this tank, and I think we had something like 20 beds, you know what I mean? So I ended up sleeping on the floor myself. Yeah. I was eating out of a margarine tub for a plate, for a dish, and my spoon was a uh, a toothpaste thing flattened out. I used to use that to scoop it with. Mm -hmm. And the food, well, I think we had got fed twice a, twice a day there. We got pap, pap in the morning, and I think chicken feet in the afternoon, you know what I mean? And, um, and what, the shower and toilet in the cell? Oh, was yeah. it in the, all in the same know, room? Yeah, it's so all in the same room. Yeah. And half of them never used it. Anyway, it was stinking in there. You know, I'm never getting 70 people in there. It's, and it's, we're talking Africa, it's boiling hot. And what about um, sort of violence, drugs? Yeah, mate, yeah. I've heard in the South African jails, uh, there's bad sexually, lots of rapes oh, and all I, this I, sort of stuff. Listen, I was sleeping on the floor. I said to Tabish, I said, Tabish, I said, what's... What's that noise there? What's he saying? He said he's telling the other guy, lick the end of his cock, it goes in easier. He's shagging each other, aren't he? You know what I mean? I've seen him set fire to a, a Nigerian guy there because he was he was fucking snoring. I told him to leave leave the tank. I said, they're going to fucking do you in. He says, I'm not bothered. He's trying to be tough he was, but it didn't work, mate. They poured light fluid all over him, set fire to him, you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Yeah, she fucking left then. And what about drugs and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, mate. Fucking crystal meth. Crystal meth. Um, you call it tick out there and then smoke it on the lolly and buttons buttons is like a uh, mandrex it's 
says, I think it must be something like a um, a sleeping tablet or something. I don't know what yeah. it is because they would smoke the crystal meth. After they smoked the crystal meth, they they put the buttons or the mandrex on a. It's like an Indian peace pipe, and they'd, you'd see them all in a in a circle, and they'd pass it around them like 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 the Indians did. And as soon as they smoked it, they'd be fucking unconscious, fall on the fucking back. It was. Uh, so was that the crystal meth? Were people going crazy in there? And the crystal yeah, meth yeah, yeah. Well, lunatic. if I'm honest with you, that's uh, our our rose up the ladder because uh, at first I was obviously sleeping on the floor. I was a nobody. But then, because I've got friends outside that um, could get drugs and everything, and I'd got money, me and Tabish then got one of the prison officers. He would meet one of my Nigerian mates outside the prison, yeah. bring the crystal meth in, bring the mandrakes in, bring the phones in, even iPads he was bringing in. And, and we, you know, if you've got drugs, you've got um, phones and that lot, you seem rise. You're right the, the place, straight away. That's yeah, all that, yeah. So all that matters. Yeah, and, and the prison officers don't forget the, the money that was on his fucking peanuts. So you know, it's all everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's cheap. Life is cheap in there, isn't it? But you know, if you've got money, you can get away with get away. Even offered him an escape kit. Fuck me, you know what I mean? I'm not there for long enough, so I don't need one. Fucking hell. And so obviously during this point there where you're getting bits in, I'm sure you're eating a little bit better, able to get better food. Well, yeah, this of from course the I was, yeah. I was, so life became a little I was, bit... I was actually having fucking chicken and rice then, yeah. Fuck, so life became a yeah, little yeah. bit better. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, even when I, so I, I... You know someone like Africa and that, you know, like say obviously it's easier to corrupt people. Were you able to get food from the outside than to get you like, yes. take, local yeah. takeaways? No, not takeaways, but I, I did get... Proper food though. Yeah, I did get proper food, yeah. The, 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 bring, the screws are bringing in for me, you know what I mean? So... Because uh, you said to you, they're on poxy wages, so they were getting money off us, weren't they, you know? Yeah, and it's just and, it's crazy. And so how long was it that you end up being in uh, South Africa? Oh, Africa's? I was in there four and a half months, you know. Fucking right? hell, so it took that long? Yeah, I know, it's a bastard, isn't it? Eh? And, and uh, I, I, because I was bringing the drugs in and, and I, me and Tabisha was working together as partners at the time, I even got um, a bed, but... The bed I still had to share it with somebody else. Only a single bed, but well, I had to top and tail it with another toothless gangster. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's, it's an experience so I'll, I'll never forget. And what about the, the obviously in this country you get cockroaches and stuff like this? And oh, what sort of bugs hell. were you getting in the fucking? Yeah, man. Because obviously I've seen in Africa you got you got everything. Yeah, out well, there, even, it, even so. there I was covered in scabies. I got ringworm. We got um, ticks, fleas, all those. Um, but it, it, it was no good. You going. Uh, um, you know, well, you didn't get any fucking cream anyway for them, but you, you couldn't get rid of them because everybody's flea bitten. So you, you know, you, even your clothes. Or I was walking around in a pair of box shorts and a t-shirt because you put your clothes down, they'd nick them and sell them for drugs. So you know, it's it's a fucking nightmare. But you're gonna survive, aren't you? And that's how you, that's how we did it through bringing drugs in, you know what I mean? Of course, obviously, like anyway, you've been chucked in the worst place in the world, but you slightly mm. got on your feet in there. Yeah. But then yeah. after four months, they'd come to you and said, right, you get out. were you extradited? Were you happy at this point to be obviously getting out of this fucking... Fucking hell, was I? It's the first time in my life I've ever been happy to see the fucking police. You know what I mean? When they, it's, it's because by now I was paying everybody off, the screws come and told me the night before, it says, Whitey, tomorrow morning you, you go Interpol's picking you up. So that night... I must admit, I got on the fucking lolly, didn't I, with the fucking rest of the gangsters, didn't I, and fucking 
I was off my head for three fucking days, man, you know what I mean? It was fucking crazy as fuck, you know what I mean? So you're fucking wide awake oh, the whole flight back even in on my the visit, airport and all this? The, before, I was, before I left the prison, I went on a visit. I was smoking the fucker on a visit. What, with your wife that you had to visit? No, no, one of my pals, not my fucking wife. So no. you were able to just smoke during the visit and <laughs> yeah, that, well, the officers were sweet anyway. Give a fuck, you know what I mean? Give fucking hell. By that time, I could walk anywhere in the prison anyway. Yeah, free reign. Yeah, because I was paying everybody, wasn't I, you know what I mean? And so obviously the... What was it? Was it British police that flew over to it come was, and take yeah, you back? British Singapore, yeah. British they Singapore. And, and so they cuffed you up, took you to the airport yeah. and flew you straight back in, was it? Yeah, Gatwick or somewhere? I went to Norwich. I think I was in Norwich prison. Okay, so where did you come back to? One of the London airports or no? I think it was, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Gatwick or something like that, yeah. But um, when they took me to Norwich prison, mate, it was like, they called me fucking, what what do you want to call you, Wayne or Mr Hardy? Yeah. And I went... What do you mean, Wayne or Mr. Holiday? I went, the last place he called me fucking Whitey or UK. I said, you, are you joking or what? And he said, no. And I, they put me in a cell, I've got a fucking bed, I've got a TV. Kettle. I've got a fucking kettle, yeah. I was like, I used to come out of my cell in the morning smiling. He used to say to me, Hardy, why are you smiling? Wouldn't it feel like a hotel from where you come Fuck, from? It was an hotel to me, wasn't it? I, I just cruised through the sentence, man. It was easy. And so like you said, you've ended up, it was a... Three-year three sentence, you'd got an absence. You'd oh, yeah, they'd give me another, the judge gave me another three months on job. For being, obviously, yeah, on, on the run. run. Yeah, well, that's so not bad, seven years on the run for three months. Yeah, no, of course. Um, you'd done four and a half months out in um, South Africa, so would that time come off the time you did back here? You so? know what? When I got back to Norwich, the solicitor what I had, he told me, don't bother, you ain't going to get the sign back. You know what I did? Yeah. I, had a, I was lucky, I had a South African screw in the Norwich prison. And I said to him, I said, listen, I, I've just come out of Polesmore Prison in South Africa. Yeah. I said, can I get my time back? What I was, He said, yeah, you can. So he got me the forms. I filled the forms out myself, sent them off through wherever they've got to go, and they gave me the time back. Fucking so, sweet. So I did get it back, yeah. Where you'd obviously come back, even though it was only a cigarette thing and a three-year offence, you know, where yeah. you, you're Britain's number nine most wanted yeah, and that. Yeah. And when you came back uh, straight away, what were you, weren't you categorised as like a, a prisoner, though, even though it was a cigarette offence? What was your category? No, I wasn't. I, I, I have been a catch-a prisoner, but yeah. that was before when I was um, so done for another, another load of fucking puff. But no, when I came back, I, I, went, I went to Norwich, then I went to Stockton. I think Stockton's a cat being it. Yeah. I was in Stockton. But it was, a, I, I just cruised through the sentence, but it was, because it was nothing compared to what I'd been through, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I've like, so you end up doing just over a year, was it, when yeah, you got back? Yeah, fucking, and that's what I'm saying about risk versus reward, isn't it? Even though, you know, I didn't really make any money out of that business because I got done for the conspiracy, it's still not fucking cocaine or it's not fucking drugs, is it? Of course. So, you know, I don't mind that. It's, I think anything under five, you, you know, you can stand it. Of course. But when you start getting them double figures, then you're in trouble, aren't you? And, um... But obviously they were talking about 1.9 million and all this sort of stuff, even though you never made any money. That's bollocks, though. Yeah, that's bollocks. Did they try to hit you with a pocker, like a big pocker or anything? No, because they, they knew. That's, It'll be... that's the first thing I asked them when I landed in fucking England. I said, have I got a confiscation order out on me? I said, because you're supposed to say, I've, I've got tax, um, tax evasion of 1.9 million. They went, no, no. That's... He said, we just put that, just so it fucking looks worse on you fucking, you know what I mean? So... And no. so, so when did you end up getting released then? Was this like 2018, 2019? 2019, just, yeah. Just at the start of COVID or just before that yeah, COVID? Yeah, just, just at the start of COVID, yeah. And so you got released 2019 then. 
after obviously the seven years on the run yeah, and just yeah. had to finish off that sentence. And so, what were your goals then? Like uh, then, would you just get back straight back to Africa, or was that a problem yeah, of traveling well, and all this sort of stuff? Obviously, I was on license when he came out of jail, so I had to wait for my license finishing. And it, I think it, it took me four years uh, overall from the start of the sentence to finishing the sentence to doing my um, uh, license. Yeah. Till I went back and back to Africa, and so. From now on, I've been going back there three months, coming back here, and whatever. Yet. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm free now, and I'm happy. I've got my license, I've got my passport, I've got everything, so I'm cool. Of course, and so obviously your intentions are to go back out there permanently, yeah. though. And live uh, I don't know if I'll ever go permanently now, um, because I've got my own little place here now. So, and you've got a lot of kids here as yeah, well at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so. kids here as well. Yeah. And so, talk to us about what the. The last few years have been like that. Then for you, obviously, you've been spending a bit of time out in Africa, but you obviously are done with the crime and that now. You can't, yeah. um, can't be doing no more jail. At this no, I'm too old for that now. Don't want no more crime. Don't want no, no more trouble. Um, I've just been I've fucking retired actually, and I've I've been, you know, been getting a bit messy sometimes and whatever. But uh, enjoying life. Yeah, I'm enjoying life now. I don't want to say any more about that. Actually, of course. Yeah. And. Um, so obviously, like I said, you've been a criminal all your life, and so no longer earning a the dishonest buck and that. And so, what have you? Have you been earning some money in that? Have you got into like the forex trading, or did you yeah, start learning been, about that? Or when I when I finished my the criminal side of life, or so so called criminal side of life, I started doing um, forex trading. I've been doing it for seven years now, and um, I'm actually making money out of it. So. I've um, gone from one thing to another thing, and this one, you, you, it's funny you might say, you can make good money out of this for us, what I'm doing now as well. Yeah. So, and it's tax free. And you're able to do it from home, here. so you can do it in Africa. Yeah, you can do it anywhere, right. as long as you've got a laptop and uh, uh, monitor, you can do it anywhere you like. And um, obviously, you, you've got, you're planning on having a book coming out in 2024, yeah. and obviously, guys, I have read through the, the sort of pilot draft of it and it is absolutely unbelievable. This guy's got a story like no ever. So um, when did you write that? Did you write that while you were inside or anything like this? Or? That's when I thought about writing it, when I was sat on my bed in Africa. Because, you know, I thought to myself, this is a nightmare what I'm living here, so I might as well tell the story. And, I, well, I, and then when I, I think I started it when I was in Stockton, yeah. and since I've been out, I've, I've been writing it since then. Yeah, so hopefully, like I said, we're going to get it cleaned up a little yeah, bit, get it yeah. all ready, and then yeah. that be out at some point in 2024. Correct. So that'd be um, obviously really good. And obviously, what about um, the social media, stuff like this? Can, like, where can people get in touch with you at all? Are you uh, on social I've, media? You're on Facebook? You're on Instagram? You're on any of these I things? am on Facebook, but um, for some reason, I can't get back on my account. Really? Yeah, so maybe somebody can help me with that, yeah. Yeah, right, um, But yeah. Once I um, get it all sorted out, I'll, I'll let you know and then we'll can, we can do it. Of course. Well, obviously, we'll try and put the link below. Look in the yeah. description box. Uh, yeah. And if there's any links in there, they'll be to Wayne. And so, you know, in terms of, um, would you say at this point, are you a changed man or are you the same man you've always been and you just can't be bothered to do the crime no more or the type or no, can't man. be bothered to do the type? I, or, I am not going, well, touch wood. I'll never go back to jail again. But I know we can't always say that, but... No, crime's not to, not for me no more. And what is this? Is this because you change and you no longer want to break the law, or is this because you can't bother to do the time, or are you still the same person who just can't be bothered to do the prison anymore? I, I just think prisons, 
prison's no good for anybody, is it, mate? You know what I mean? You, you can't get that time back, you know? I've lost time with my children and I can never get that back. I've lost the memories what I could have built up with my family. Yeah. And even though all the money I've had and all the things I've had, I'd give it all to, you know, the time back what I've lost. But you sound like you did all right because obviously you made millions. You oh, didn't do that yeah. long in. You didn't do that long in prison, all considering. But obviously you end up doing a decade on the run, near yeah. enough with the two times of the run. So I'm guessing, especially in Africa, you can't. Get but you know, I've lost lost family and friends along the way, haven't I? That's what I'm talking about. You of course, know? and the so, emotional side of it. So in terms of um, regrets, do you regret anything that you've done in your past? Yeah, we've all got regrets, I suppose. You know what I mean? Uh, but. What, do you regret the life of crime? Like, would you have been straight and done it all differently and that? Like, oh. Yeah, I wish I'd have done it differently. Really? I wish I'd have got a normal job. I wish I'd have got educated. I wish I'd have got GCSEs or A-levels, what they're doing. I wish I'd have become a, 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 a normal plumber, electrician or painter or decorator, whatever. You, do you seriously think that even all the good times, the mansions, the holiday homes, the fun and... It's not that, it's the people I've lost along the way. That's what changes me, you know what I mean? Maybe friends have lost them and, you know, my family members through my career or through the way I've lived my life. Yeah. Then Alice says, no, I, 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 I don't mind being a criminal, but that is... So to being a criminal, like a career criminal, does it fuck up your relationships with people and oh. stuff like this then, does it? And it obviously screws everything yeah, up. And, of course it does, yeah. yeah. And so then people can end up... Suffering round well, you. Well, they have, they have. My children have suffered, haven't they? And I can never put that right. Yeah, of course. And um, so, what advice would you for anyone who wants to be the next Wayne Hardy? Wants it's to go down that thing like they're hearing about the mansions and the Ferraris and the millions and all this. Like, what? It ain't worth it, man. It ain't worth it. Go to school, get an education, get a career, and do a nine to five, and just try and find a job that you're happy in doing because. Living the life I've done and carrying on what the things I've done and seen, witnessed, and it's just not good enough. It ain't, it ain't worth it. Fair play. Hopefully, people can take on that advice mm. for someone who's really been there, yeah. done it, and seen it all. Got a T-shirt, and as time goes on, it becomes harder and harder to commit crime, doesn't it? These days, no. Like I said, well, you know it does now. It's too much technology now, and all crime's finished now. So, um, yeah, guys take note but um, Wayne I'd like to obviously real thank you for the yeah, opportunity welcome, today and thank you for having me okay well, no, it's much appreciated guys like I said um, I'm going to help Wayne off with finishing this book off as well and getting it all ready for publishing and getting it together so look out for that we'll be getting Wayne back on the channel as soon as that's ready to come out and obviously pub publicising that to the maximum on the channel and like I said I've read every true crime book out there and this one's a little bit special for sure thank you mate yeah, so um, yeah Nice one, Wayne. Uh, much yeah, appreciated. Cheers, it's been a pleasure to come and meet you. Like I said, um, obviously yeah. from watching that McIntyre thing, all those things is going. To, uh, yeah, for anyone who hasn't watched that, I'm we'll going to put a link. Anyway. I'm going to put a link to the McIntyre thing in uh, the description as well. So go over and watch that because that's a funny watch as well. And then any messages that you want to put out there, you got a message, to Donald McIntyre. Yeah, Donald. When the book comes out, I've told the truth in this book. If you got any chance to come there, you, you, you disagree with anything I've said. You can always come and see Christian and me, sit with us here, and we can argue the toss out. Of course, as you can't be any fairer than that. And what about any message for your loved ones, friends and family, or your wife and kids yeah. in South Africa and the friend family here? I love them all, and I'll see you soon.
And what about for your enemies? You got any? Uh, you yeah, coming well, for them? Well, I'll just watch them pass by, mate. Don't worry about that. Coleman, Coleman's a bitch. So any enemies out there, it's all done. You ain't got no time for nothing yeah. like that. So anyone out there is uh, on the run thinking that Wayne's coming I don't hate anybody no more. You, you're all forgiven. Yeah. And, I'm uh, living my life. I'm retired, put it that way. Fair play to you. So fair play to you. Like I said, you've lived some fucking life, my friend. And uh, yeah, long mate, continue. And obviously the book coming out next year. So more exciting times. Back out in South Africa. Yeah, man. And so, uh, yeah, look out for more coming from Wayne very soon. Cheers, mate. Thank nice you very one. much. Nice one. Thank you, bro. Cheers.